Prepare your heart to be moved by God through the preaching and teaching of His Word as delivered at Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. Exodus chapter 1, verses 15 to 22, and then I'm going to Exodus 2, verses 1 through 10. All right. In my lesson today, I want you all to kind of help me as I walk through this lesson today. My lesson today, um, and I do feel it's a lesson more than a sermon. I may get excited again knowing you all and the way you all eat the word and the way you all receive the word. I may get excited again, but I want to kind of teach and talk through these verses of scripture today. I feel a different type of grace to teach it um, today. And this is more of a lesson, not just a sermon. This lesson is to give homage and honor to all mothers. Um, and this title of this, uh, this sermon is called The Ministry of Motherhood. The Ministry of Motherhood. And through this lesson, I want to present four main themes that I have identified through these scriptures that we'll read in just a minute. There are four main themes that I want to present today through this uh, teaching the ministry of motherhood. Four main themes. The first theme is one of the ministries is to preserve and protect the office of motherhood. To preserve and protect the office of motherhood. Number two, birthing to birth and to identify purpose uh, to birth and identify purpose number three to be an example by passing on lessons to be an example by passing on lessons and the fourth one is to raise a generation these four themes is what i want to cover as the ministry of motherhood and while this lesson is a tribute to mothers, it is not a time for men to tap out. It is time for men as well to listen because every person born on this earth has come through a mother's womb. And we need to learn and knowledge and respect on what the ministry of motherhood is. Our lesson today takes a primary focus in the chapters of Exodus 1 and 2. And the backdrop of Exodus 1 is to understand that Joseph was the patriarch. And Joseph, through his faith and his favor, and through misfortune, carried the people of God out of one place and to the place of Egypt. That's how they were able to get into Egypt, because he was sold into slavery through his brothers putting him into the pit. He was brought out of the pit and he moved inside this Potiphar's house and Joseph began to matriculate in destiny because of his faith and his favor. And so Exodus picks up that there arose a Pharaoh did not know Joseph's legacy. He didn't know about Joseph's favor. What Joseph favor, Joseph's favor had done for Egypt is Egypt went into a famine. But because Joseph was there, they never suffered in a famine. Because of Joseph's strategy, King's sense of intelligence and awareness, he gave them a strategy that during the seven years of plenty, let's store back some. Let's not eat all our seed. Let's not eat all our harvest. But let's save. Somebody say save. Mm -hmm. Savings. Have you a savings in his name, Joseph said. So Joseph established a savings plan to the people of Egypt. It seemed like that would be just a common type knowledge, but really that is the strategy of God that even when you're in your best times, you need to put away some things for tomorrow. And he gives the Egyptians a strategy they're not accustomed to. And they begin to save because he prophesies and discerns that there was a famine coming. And when the famine came, they took 
from the savings and the savings covered them throughout the famine this type of wisdom grace intense upon the mind of joseph rubbed off on the whole egyptian uh, governmental structure because of joseph everyone else is favored because of joseph intelligence wisdom as they are brought over into egypt they are not brought over as slaves they are brought over they are brought over as counterparts and other people who are now living in egypt and they are given they are given space and a place to move maneuver grow raise a family in egypt and they do this up until that time that now a, a new pharaoh arose and he don't know nothing about Joseph's legacy. Joseph's brothers, all his brothers have died. And, and now he's just saying, hey, I don't know nothing about these, children, these children of Israel. We Egyptians. And how come it seemed that they're growing faster than we are? How come it seemed that they are just as blessed as we are? And out of fear of them, of the, of the Israelites coming and overtaking them. He began to put them in slavery. Now they go in slavery. They were not in slavery until the point that fear came in. It was not in slavery until the point somebody wanted to dominate another person. And once they tried to dominate another person, then fear came in. And now the people are in slavery. But before then, they wasn't in slavery. How they are matriculating through this. Uh, this is what I want you to pick up and what I begin to read um, in verse 15. I want you to see what this new Pharaoh begins to do. It says, then Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, gave this order to the Hebrew midwives, Shifra and Pua. He says, when you help the Hebrew women as they give birth, watch as they deliver. If the baby is a boy, kill him. If it is a girl, let her live. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. But because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's orders. They allowed the boys to live too. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives. Why have you done this? He demanded. Why have you allowed the boys to live? The Hebrew women, their response was the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women. The midwives replied, for they are more vigorous and have their babies so quickly that we cannot get there in time. He was basically saying these uh, Hebrew women don't need the help of man. God is so much in their bones, in their beings, whatever's inside them, they have the ability to push it out. That they, they are so vigorous by the time we get there, they done having the baby. That's what they tell them. So God was good to the midwives and the Israelites continued to multiply, growing more and more powerfully. And because the midwives fear God, he gave them families of their own. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people. Throw every newborn Hebrew boy into the Nile River, but you may let the girls live. So because the midwives feared God and preserved and protected motherhood, the Pharaoh said, I can't work through them to destroy a generation. I can't work through them. I can't work through these God-fearing women who fear when God allows life to come into another being. I can't work to these women who fear God. He said, I got to come up with another decree and another plan. Because these midwives refuse to let these baby boys die, the Pharaoh issues this other decree. 
I believe that the women of God who understand life are women who just don't let us die. They don't let the generations die without pleading with God. They are like intercessors. Shua, Shifra, and Pua protects motherhood because they are also intercessors. They are people that God can trust with the delicate transition of a baby being born. They preserve and protect the ministry of motherhood. And God uses Shifra and Pua to save this generation. I believe that God is saying today that women of God who fear God are women who extends the generation. And that prophets and many doctors and many entrepreneurs and many type of great people are able to enter into this world because you fear God. These, so Shifra and Pua were midwives to the Hebrew women. They are, not, they are not only, uh, they not only are believing, uh, they are not only just uh, midwives, but they are also a mother and daughter team. So Shifra is a mother and Pua is a, the daughter. My studies show me that there is a mother and daughter combination going on. It's like the mother has taught the daughter how to preserve life. The mother has taught the daughter how to bring a woman through the most delicate time of her life. When it seems like she's about to die, she's giving life at the same time. That they say that women are on the verge of losing their life while they're giving life. And I think this is a wonderful combo of a mother and daughter team being midwives. Not only are they midwives, but if you really pay attention to the text, there is a subtle mention that these women are not Hebrew women. They are the midwives to the Hebrews. They are not Hebrew women. They are Egyptian women that the Pharaoh believes he can give them an assignment and a decree to destroy the boy child but yet you got to remember the legacy of Joseph was in the what was in the environment and they saw the favor and the God of Joseph and these women are Egyptian by race but they are Israelites by faith. They are, they are the midwives to the Hebrew women. That's who they are. But they were not Hebrew women. They were Egyptian women. I believe that women who love across racial lines, come on, when you see another child, it don't matter what race they are, a true heart of a mother will reach out to somebody who may not be from their block, may not be from their neck of the woods. But a mother understands life. A mother recognizes that just like she had to push something out her womb I had to push something out of my womb and this midwife is any two Egyptian women that the fear of God is in they're not even afraid of their own Pharaoh uh, they, they love so much that they're willing to go across any type of boundaries to show uh, the motherhood so the love of motherhood this is how you preserve and protect the ministry of motherhood they also begin to show people that you don't have to abort what God gives you they tell the Hebrew women who are under immense pressure and I don't know about you but a Hebrew if you can sense what's going on here a Hebrew woman wouldn't want to be pregnant during that time they wouldn't want it to have been pregnant. 
because they understood what was at stake uh, potentially for their child the pain the heartache uh, because of the Pharaoh's decree but isn't it good you got some God-fearing women who understand life and they say Hebrew women you can be encouraged you can have what God wants you to have and I believe another woman can encourage another woman like no other I believe I'm a man but I believe when a woman talks to another woman I believe she can talk to her at a different depth than a man can talk to her because they understand the life of being a woman and a mother and they begin to encourage these Hebrew women not to abort what God gives them they begin to show them what it's like to hold on and preserve the ministry of motherhood we need women to continue continue to protect and preserve that ministry of motherhood chapter 2 let's read about this time a man and woman from the tribe of Levi got married in the midst of this climate they got married from the tribe of Levi means joined together the woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son she saw that he was special ba a special baby and kept him hidden for three months but when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. And she put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds uh, along the bank of the Nile River. Point number two is uh, the ministry of motherhood will, will birth and identify purpose. Uh, Moses' mother name is Joshbed. Last time I ministered this, I said it was Zephorah. Zeph Zephorah is uh, Moses' wife in the future. That's who he married, but I mixed them up. His mother's name is jo Joshbed. His mother Joshbed has this child, and when she looks at it, she just don't see a human uh, figure. She sees purpose. Uh, a mother has this king ability to see what God has given them. To see the strengths, not just the weakness, but see the strengths that God has given them. To see what God is, is birthing through them. And I want you to see that women of God, you should know what's coming through you. Come on, you ain't saying nothing. <laughs> Don't you be so um, out of your wits, worried about your money, worried about your job, worried about all these other things around uh, external from you women. That women that's external that you don't recognize what's internal. Uh, Joshebed was so in tune in the midst of chaos. I hope y'all feeling this like I'm feeling it. I'm about to dig in. I'm going to wipe my face real good. Excuse me. Uh, Joshebed, the mother of Moses, is still so in tune in the midst of a chaotic environment that she knows what she's carrying. When she birthed him, she looked at him and said, oh, I didn't just go through this. I'm not just carrying this in the midst of a, 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 a baby killing, a genocide. I'm not just carrying. I, I'm pregnant on purpose. And when she looks at her son, she sees purpose. Mothers are able through all the things they go through if, the, if they press in to see the purpose in a child, the uniqueness of a child. She sees this uniqueness. The first thing she begins to do to, 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 to identify the, pur the purpose is she begins to protect him. She hides him for three months. And when he gets so big and she can't hide him any longer because of the climate and everything, she says the best thing I can do is put my child in the ark. So she builds a little boat, which is an ark. She builds a little boat, and she puts him in this little boat. And she, the Bible tells you how she made a basket. She put reeds in it. She waterproofed it. She sealed that thing. 
She says, this is not the time to quit. This is what a, a woman that understands motherhood says. I know I'm going through, but I'm not about, about to quit on purpose. I'm not about to quit on what God put in me and what God is birthing through me. She doesn't abort. She doesn't abandon. But what she does is adapt without losing purpose. She has the king ability not to abort, not to abandon. Because sometimes, women, the pressure will come on your life that you feel like I'm just about to walk out on these kids. I'm just about to walk out on everything. But God will give a godly woman strength to hold on. God will gird her back. God will lift her head. Some of y'all still wonder how your mama did it. Some of y'all still wonder. Some of you have seen the pain of your family members and your grandmother. And you're wondering how she did it. God was there to strengthen her. She didn't abort. She didn't abandon. She adapted without losing purpose. She said, I got to do something. I know that God has a will in the midst of chaos. The ark represents God's will. Sometimes things are chaotic, but by faith, you can make God's will. Hear me clearly. I mean, by faith, you can find God's will. She began to make an ark, put her baby in this basket. And she says, I'm fighting to keep my child alive. Here's this woman in the midst of pressure, but she's I'm going to fight to keep my child alive. I want my child to have its destiny. I don't know about you. Have you ever heard your mother say to you, I don't care what's going on at your friend's house, but in this house, this is what we're going to do. Have you ever seen your mother fight for you and say, boy, I'm going to keep you out of jail. Boy, I'm going to help you do this thing. You keep hanging around the wrong people. That's what I feel like Joshua bad mother Moses mother is she's fighting for his destiny she tries to hide him but when she can't hide him she just said I'm just gonna trust God I'm just gonna believe that God can keep the thing he gave me and there are times oh I feel the Holy Ghost that mothers are under pressure they don't know what to do in this world about the birth the, the, the baby that God has given them it seemed like that child is being affected by everything in the external but their mother gotta learn how to believe God by faith she believes God. She said, I'm about to do something that y'all don't believe. <laughs> but I'm about to prepare to let him go. <laughs> I know y'all thinking I should hold on to him. But my love is so good for this child. I recognize I can't hold him any longer. I got to let him go. Think about this. That in the midst of it, a, 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 a genocide, she says, I can let him go and I can trust God. I can trust God that been, that's been supporting me to support my son and she begins to put him down in this basket and begin to watch him go down the river and roll down the river and as she makes this basket I want you to pick up on another woman who's in the text in verse 4 look at verse 4 the baby's sister is in the text the baby's sister then stood up at a distance watching to see what would happen so the mother builds this boat the daughter is watching the mother live by faith. She's watching the mother in pain say, I'm going to trust God. Build this boat. Place her little brother inside this ark. And she watches Moses, her baby brother, go down the river. Now we can start seeing that the way Joshebed is living is also training Miriam how she should live when she becomes a mother. Because now she's watching her mom live by faith under pressure. She's watching him and she's watching what will happen to her brother. 
She be, the third point is how to be an example by passing on lessons. Miriam, Moses' sister, learns some brave lessons here of what it is to potentially be a mother. That there's hard times you just can't quit. Instead of quit, create. Say, don't quit, create. She doesn't quit. The mother teaches her, don't you quit when God gives you something. Before you quit, you create. And I, she said, we're not about to sit here and, let, and let, allow God's purpose to go to waste. And she creates a moment where he can be preserved. Come on, we don't faint, we trust. That's what she began to tell, teach Miriam, her daughter. We don't faint. It's a lesson between a mother and a daughter. She said, we don't faint when pressure is under us. Oh, I feel the ministry of motherhood. We don't faint when the God I know things gonna happen. Get yourself together. How many mothers ever taught your daughter? Hold your head up, girl. You somebody. Don't you be giving up. Don't you be crying all day. Come on. I know he left you. I know it happened. I know things didn't happen like you wanted to. But get your groove back. Come on. Get yourself together. Come on. Suck it up. Lift up your head. And I believe that's what the mother is trying to teach Miriam. That although you're in a crisis, you ain't got to fall out. Don't faint, but trust. Miriam could be thinking in her head while she's watching this, do I want to be a mother? If this is what motherhood is all about, she could be confused. She's a child. She could be wondering, do I really want to have kids? Do I want to go through pain and then live in pain? Is it worth the pain? My mama had this baby. Oh my God. Is it worth the pain? Her young mind needs to be shaped on the maturity of motherhood. The maturity of motherhood is that you, you, you go through the pain and come out with joy. Her, her little mind needs to be shaped, but she's young. So verse 5, soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to, the ba to bathe in the river, and her attendants walked by the riverbank. And when the princess, which is Pharaoh's daughter, saw the basket, among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him and said, this must be one of the Hebrews' children, she said. See, one of the lessons that also happened is the lesson of compassion. We even see that Miriam is able to see if I trust God, maybe somebody will have compassion on the situation. If I don't give up, maybe somebody will come and support me. If I don't throw in the towel, maybe somebody will come and push me to where I'm trying to go. If I don't just quit in this situation, while Miriam is watching what her mother's faith has done, she sees now Pharaoh's daughter looking at this baby. I can see in a young daughter's mind, what in the world is Pharaoh's daughter about to do with this baby? Because you got to remember, she's still Pharaoh's daughter. Her daddy just gave a decree <laughs> to kill every boy child. And then when it didn't work, he said, throw every child in the river. Verse 7, then the baby's sister, that's Miriam, approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? She asked, listen, as you are learning motherhood, listen to this. Miriam said, oh, I've been watching my mama walk in her faith. But it's time for me to walk in my faith. 
Now Miriam goes into action. I'm telling you, one of the ministries of motherhood is when you begin to learn and catch the lessons, now you can demonstrate what's been taught to you. Miriam begins to say, hey, it ain't time for me to panic. This is a little girl, y'all. Y'all ain't getting it. This is a young girl who just watched her mother be bold and be brave. And now she's able to walk up to the Egyptian princess, Pharaoh's daughter, by faith. See, I'm telling you, that's I talked to y'all last week about generational blessing. There is a generational faith blessing that God's trying to pass down from one womb to another womb, from one mother to a daughter, and keep the legacy of faith in your family. And this, 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 Miriam says to, to the princess, uh, you need some help? Now Miriam becomes resourceful. Miriam becomes skillful in the midst of a genocide. Come on, the ministry of motherhood will show you how to be skillful in tight situations. Miriam, a young girl now, is able to go and advocate on behalf. Come on, somebody. We need advocates. We need people who will plead on behalf of the others, who will step in with skill and intelligence and beg to differ on behalf of the person or the client. And here is Miriam. She has become a social your worker here is Miriam she has become a case worker by faith she has put up the case file she's watched her mother she said oh it's my time it's my time to get off the bench it's my time to work this faith it's my time to live in this legacy my mama been doing it for a while my mama showed me how to do it but it's time for me to pick up on the strength of my mother and Miriam picks up on the strength of her mother beginning to negotiate a deal <laughs> and begin to go negotiate a deal. So let me hear. You looking for somebody to nurse this Hebrew baby? Should I, verse 7, should I go and find one for you? One of the, of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? She asked. See, Miriam is walking in what I call faith transfer. <laughs> yeah, she reckons she's not being idle, she's walking in faith. Verse 8 says, Yes, I do. The princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. <laughs> Look at Miriam, skillful, child walking in faith. Now she could have went and found other Hebrew women, but she said, no, that's my brother. She went right back to mama and said, Ma, look at this thing. Look at this, look, look at this as a child. Y'all ain't seen this legacy of motherhood. Listen to it as a child. Mama, I done went and talked to the princess. The thing you thought you let go is coming back to you. The seed you sowed and trust God is coming back to you. It ain't nothing, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost, mothers. It ain't nothing when your children come back to you with the blessing. It ain't nothing when you see you don't pour it into your child and they come back talking just like you poured into them and bringing you back. The worst thing a mother can have is to sow and not get nothing back. But Miriam begins to give her mother energy again. Mama, guess what? The princess needs somebody to nurse the baby. <laughs> I'm excited uh, to nurse the baby. She becomes resourceful, becomes skillful. Uh, verse, verse, verse 9 says, take this baby and nurse him for me. The princess told the baby's mother, I will pay you for your help. So the woman took her baby home and nursed him. What? Now Miriam's faith level is off the roof. She done caught a legacy of faith from her mother so strong because she said, wait a minute, I don't watch this woman have a baby in the midst of a genocide. I don't watch this woman be creative in the midst of a genocide. I don't watch my baby brother go down the river. Now, I want you to understand, this is the same river that the Pharaoh said, throw all the other babies in. 
So some way, we got to trust that God can keep our child in this evil and wicked world. That God can preserve our child when they go to school. God can preserve our child when they go to college. God can preserve our child when they walk out our doors. This was the same river. <laughs> that other children could have been lost their lives in. And she said, I'm going to put my child in the same world, but I'm going to trust God with him. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing. I'm going to release my child to God. I can't do nothing about all these crazy heads on, 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 the, on the corner, but I'm going to have to trust God with my child. Imagine Miriam's faith level now. Say, Mama, do you understand what happened? This is me, Miriam, talking about her mama. Mama, do you understand what just happened? You just gave up your baby. She brought the baby back to you, and now she's going to pay you to nurse him. Mama, you a bad somebody. You a bad somebody that you're about to get paid for nursing your own baby. You a bad somebody. You a bad mother. Or some way you don't walked in this faith level that now God is rewarding you from all types of places. I'm telling you, there is a faith that God's trying to raise up in our mothers that they live by, that they'll get dividends and revenue coming all around. We don't need no more broken, depleted women. We don't need our mothers all broke down. We don't need our mamas all hurt. They already been through enough pain to push us out. We don't want to see our women in pain. We want to see them invigorated. And Miriam's beginning to look at her mom and say mom this is what I'm saying don't you see this God paid you to nurse your own kid <laughs> to nurse your own child don't tell me God won't make no ways out of no way. Don't tell me God won't open up doors. You ain't got to sell yourself short. You ain't got to cut no corners. Come on. You ain't got to be stripping on no pole to make no money to get through no school. Come on. Come off that pole in Jesus' name. You ain't got to be on that thing. God will make a way. You ain't got to cut your ethics. Come on. Come on. When the last time? We need men. Come on. Men are the patrons. We need men to tell the women you're worth more than that. Get off of that. Come on. Come on. Come on now. We need to change this thing. We're too happy seeing our women depleted. We're too happy Send our women discouraged. Come on. And God gives strength back to a Josheban. He gives strength back to when she sows her child as a seed. This faith is passed down. And I prophesy that the faith that your mother had is passed down to you. Come on. Come on. Some of y'all lived in the legacy of your having great grandmamas and great good mamas. Come on. I had a great, a wonderful grandma. My grandmother was somebody else. Hallelujah. I'm one, I'm one of the ones who choose to remember those who pass away in great faith. And when I think about my grandmother who is passed, I, I choose to think of people differently. That's just how God has helped me through something. And so I don't necessarily cry when I think about my grandmother. I laugh when I think about my grandmother because she was something else she was something else she would always come and put a little change in my hand or she would come to the house and bring um a macintosh apples i love me some macintosh apples because my grandma would bring over macintosh apples and ain't nobody can make a sweet potato pie i said nobody your mama too nobody your grandma too nobody nobody in your family i said it put it on record hallelujah that's how i feel can make a sweet potato pie then like my grandmother what my grandma paid bills with sweet potato pies my grandma got out of debt with sweet potato pies she can sit up on the corner and be sold out like that with sweet potato pies she will put something in there some love some favor some something have people addicted begging for pies wondering when they can get some before the end of the week my grandma had a favor and had a touch and my grandma was something else my grandma uh, uh, never told me she never fed her children asparagus she never fed them asparagus because she grew up on an asparagus farm and I found 
went out doing a funeral while she never fed him asparagus. She said, I grew up on an asparagus farm and they made me work and I couldn't go to school. I wanted to go to school, but I couldn't go to school because I had to work in an asparagus farm. And I promised myself when I get off this farm and I have kids, I'm never feeding my kids asparagus. And so my mom them never was fed asparagus from my grandma because my grandma would say, I refuse to feed my children any asparagus. She can't even stand the smell of them because it was part of her pain. I don't know about you, but maybe you got somebody in your family line who has a legacy of faith and virtue and it has trickled down to you and now you can see what their hardship was like and how it can benefit you through your life verse 10 later when the boy was older so he grew up Moses grew up with his mother but when the boy was older his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter and I don't know about y'all you got to know God's plan to give up your, your baby, nurse him, and then bring him back. You got to know what God has called you to do. For this woman to say, yeah, I got him back, normally you would just think she's going to hold on to him and trick Pharaoh's daughter. <laughs> you know, you done nursed him, you done paid him. So no, I recognize that I had him for a purpose. I, I don't even understand the full purpose, but I saw something. And I understand what God is doing, but if, if God has done all this, ain't no sense of me backtracking now. Some of you mothers, you don't see what God has done in your life, but now you don't got to another juncture of your life. And now the devil is trying to back you up, trying to make you not live by faith. But she said, no, I brought him back to the Pharaoh's daughter, just like I believe God took care when I let him go the first time. I'm going to trust God that he's going to take care of him the second time. Y'all ain't seen this. <laughs> She brought him. Joshua Bay had brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter. But it wasn't until, again, she nursed him. I believe she told Moses his story. And I believe she told Moses, Moses, listen, I'm about to give you away to a woman who loves you. Oh, she loves you. I know she loves you. No, I know she loves you because she paid me to keep you. <laughs> she paid me to keep you. She paid me. She, she, she loves you. Moses, I'm going to let you go. But I know she loves you because she gave me money every own time. She kept me and my family together because she loved you. I know she loved you. And she began to tell Moses his story. Moses doesn't leave the house without knowing his story. I believe at the last point, raising a generation, is we got to tell our children their story. Some of y'all had miraculous birth. Your child need to grow up and know how they was born. Some of you, some of you done, were born in situations where you were going through all kinds of things. It's time for you to grab your children and say, let me tell you why I act the way I act. Let me tell you what I was going through when I was carrying you. Let me tell you why I believe God like I believe God. So you don't understand your nature. Sometimes our children need to know their story. And I believe when Moses left this house, he knows who he is because his mother nursed him. She began to teach her how to raise a generation. The way you raise a generation, we got too many kids. Don't know their story. Don't know the situation they was born in. And now they're walking around life aimlessly because somebody won't tell them the story somebody won't have enough faith to tell them what they was born in but yet I believe God can keep you yeah I didn't know what was going on but I believe God can make a way in your life and this Pharaoh's daughter has pride and joy to be his adoptive mom this is what she says in verse 10 she had, who adopted him as her own son the princess named him Moses 
For she explained, I lifted him out of the water. See, she said, y'all, here she is showing up with a baby. And this ain't just any baby. This is a Hebrew baby. This is a Egypt, this is an Egyptian woman with a Hebrew baby. And to make it more complicated, she's the Pharaoh's daughter. But she got pride and joy over adopting him. There is an adoptive nature of a mother that when she steps in and she rescues Moses out of the water, she, she don't understand. She says, look, I didn't birth you through the womb, but I drew you out of your, your pain. I, I saved you. I saw your purpose. I saw what you were going through. And yeah, I'm not your biological mother, but I saw what you was going through. And I went in the water through my princess and we saved you. And she becomes his adoptive mother. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of stepmamas and adoptive mothers got just as much love as a woman who birthed it through the womb because they saw the purpose of that child and they brought them home on purpose they brought them into their family on purpose and some of you they ain't never seen those adoption stories how an African American man a brother or children can be raised by a Chinese couple let me tell you something about the love of God when people got love in their hearts for humanity it'll go across racial lines it'll go across all type of cultural lines Come on, you've heard many stories about many people growing up in mixed homes. It don't matter. If you're the stepmama, you ought to have pride because you stepped in in the nick of time. You ain't got to hold your head down. This mother has just as much pride as a woman who birthed him. She raises this generation. She builds Moses up. She basically says, this my baby, y'all. Everybody like, this your baby? Yeah, this my baby. I'm not ashamed of nothing. I saw him drifting. I saw him drifting on the course of life. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. How many ever found a mother because she found you drifting somewhere? Oh, y'all ain't been uh, Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing. I found a mother at, at work one day. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I found a mother at work. I said a mother. Somebody who saw that I was a young man struggling to survive. Somewhere she discerned that, man, this boy got it hard. Oh, she's still, she's still part of my family today. Rita Smith. I always go on record on what Rita Smith seen to me. She don't take no credit for her. She's a sweetheart. She don't take no credit, but I go on record. I know who she was to me at a very time of my life where I was fighting for survival. I had just married my honey girl, Pastor Robin, and I wasn't making no money. I don't care what you say. Hallelujah. I'm born to make some money and bring some money home. I ain't never been happy bringing no $12,000 home a year. Y'all can have it if you want it, but I ain't never been happy having a wife too. Come on. The Bible says the woman is called a female. Amen. It means it takes fees to keep her. Come on, somebody. It take fees. She's a female. It takes fees to keep her. And I don't believe in being no broke man. Y'all can say what you want to say. Having a woman and being broke. I know some of y'all been getting comfortable being broke. And I ain't with that foolishness. Come on now. I told God, come on, I'm married. I know she's my wife. We went and got married. But I need some money. You ain't saying nothing. I need to be able to take anything, take care of anything that come out of her womb. I need to be able to take care of her desires and her thoughts. Come on now. I ain't got time to be accumulating more through a woman and can't handle what God has given me. God, I need some money. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I was a young man married and I was just mad. And my life was falling apart. And God sent this mother at work. She saw my pain some type of way. Hallelujah. Y'all done heard the story. That's the one that gave me the raise every three months. Hallelujah. And she nurtured my career and nurtured me and calmed me down. Come on. When I went, when I went to work, Elder Sims, I went to work like it was a hustle. You couldn't stop me for nothing. I'll be watching the clock when I get to work. It's eight o'clock. Let me see how much I can produce by nine. 
<laughs> if you in my way, you calling me, hey, Joe, how you doing? I ain't got time. My life under pressure, I got to make some money. I ain't got time. Joe, what you doing? I'm working. Call me later. I ain't hanging up. I ain't got time. I'm watching the clock, doing them numbers, processing that work. Hallelujah. I'm not going to be broke all day of my life. And in the midst, I ain't saying nothing, but in the midst of it, here's somebody who adopted me and brought me in and loved me in a place when I needed to be loved. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You got love from somebody who wasn't your mother. She wasn't your biological mother. But somewhere in her, she saw your pain. Somewhere in her, she saw your purpose. And she began to embrace you and hug you and nurture you. Come on, so some of y'all need to be adopted right now. You're out on the river flowing. But oh, God's going to save you. God's going to bring somebody to bring you in. I feel the Holy Ghost. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Pharaoh's daughter, full of courage. She recognized this is a miracle from God. I didn't have this baby, but this is a miracle. It got to be a miracle, Lord. It got to be a miracle. How is it be that at the time I'm going to take a bath? At the time, see, the timing was right. Oh, no, the the timing was right. She she said, God, this got to be. She said, I don't know what's going on, but my dad done put a decree out for these kids. <laughs> Y'all got to excuse me today. I'm so drunk in this word. Because this woman's daddy put a decree out. And she brings home a baby that should, that should be killed. She brings them home. I don't know what it was like. I just don't know what it's like. I just, I got to make a movie out of this, y'all. I don't know what this was like. I got to make a movie out of this. I don't know what it's like uh, trying to tell your daddy, daddy, you can't touch this baby. I, I, I love this baby. This, this baby got purpose. I found him in the water. Get out of here, daddy. Get your chief's officials out of here. I don't care what y'all trying to do out there. This baby belongs to me. I don't know what you ever mess with a mama and a mama done got you. Oh, you ain't saying nothing. You ever walked out from your job and those geese around there and that geese telling you too close to their nest that geese will jump all over your neck peck you round 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 about till you get away from my children y'all ain't saying nothing so y'all ain't never had no stories of them geese chase you are you telling yourself I'm gonna bring my BB gun to work don't do it they protect it don't do it they protect it that's my federal offense don't touch them geese just run this mother preserves him I want to say this in closing. It takes a womb to birth, but it takes a village to raise them. It takes a womb to birth a child, but it takes a village to raise them. Throughout this story, we can see the ministry of motherhood. It's a ministry of a legacy of faith. There's some lessons of how to be tough, how to be tangible, how to be flexible, how to be a woman of encouragement, how to be a woman to glean from another woman to learn from another woman, to respect another woman. It's a story of just awesome faith on display. On this motherhood, I, I teach and preach this as a tribute to motherhood. Your courage, your boldness, your tenacity, your belief in us, your belief that we can make it, your trust in us, that we will turn out to everything you believe and you think. You, ain't, you hadn't seen a fight till you seen a mother have to fight for her kid. You hadn't seen a fight until a mother has to fight for her kid. We see the fight of Joshebed. We even see the love of Pharaoh's daughter, who's just as proud as the biological mother, 
to bring Moses and her home and take him to the next level. We hope you've been blessed by this fresh word from Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. Pastor Joseph Davis and the congregation invite you to join them. You can find more information by following them on social media. Just look up Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. And we pray that God will bless you richly and abundantly in the coming days, knowing that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him.